Joshua was chosen to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. We knew that the inhabitants would not just give us the land. We had to conquer it. The book of Joshua describes a series of exciting but somewhat bizarre battles, though the battles were actually a series of spiritual battles. In the first two episodes of this series on spiritual warfare, we address the importance of obedience and courage. Today, turn with me to Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. The scriptures record, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For Yahweh thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. The Almighty made an astonishing promise to Joshua. I will be with you wherever you go. Why did God promise to be with Joshua? Perhaps it was directly related to the rest of the verse. God commanded Joshua to be strong and courageous, and he would be with him. Why did Joshua need to be strong and courageous? Let's turn the clock back a few years. Joshua had visited this land about 38 years earlier. He and Caleb were two of the 12 spies that had searched out the promised land one year after we left Egypt. Joshua saw with his own eyes how difficult it would be to conquer this land, yet he and Caleb had faith in God's promises. Unfortunately, the other ten men who had searched out the land with Joshua and Caleb had given a discouraging report. The book of Numbers, chapters, chapter 13, verses 28 and 29, record that the other spies provided the following report about the promised land. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Joshua and Caleb tried to encourage the people to enter the promised land, but the majority of the spies added more discouraging details. Numbers chapter 13, verse 31 through 33 reads, but the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, so were we in their sight. The land was filled with strong nations. There were also giants. The cities were walled and fortified. How could we ever conquer it? We asked a question a few moments ago at the beginning of this study. Why did Joshua need to be strong? Why did he need to be courageous? Why did he need the Almighty to be with him? Because conquering the promised land did not seem possible. We're all called into battle for the Lord. We often look at the battles that lay before us and the thought crosses our mind. I can't do this. What should we do when doubts and discouragement attack us? We must believe that the Almighty himself is with us and that he will fight for us. Every battle, especially spiritual battles, has many phases. How can we ever conquer the promised land if we cannot even get into the promised land? The Jordan River separated us from our goal. God, however, had different ideas. He told Joshua in chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, And thou shalt command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you are coming to the brink of the water of Jordan, you shall stand still in Jordan. 
And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither, and hear the words of Yahweh your God. <clears throat> the Almighty had planned a miracle, almost identical to a miracle that he had performed for Moses. Verses 14 through 17 continue. And it came to pass when the people were removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city, from the city of Adam, that is beside Zaratan. And those that came toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. In general, we should not depend on miracles to complete our tasks. But if God promises that he will do something for us and through us and with us, and we know that we cannot do it alone, we must expect that God will do a miracle. Israel's first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, is famous for having said, anyone who does not believe in miracles is not a realist. Each of us has spiritual battles in his life. We must not only believe in miracles, we must expect them. and We must acknowledge that miracle. God had performed a huge miracle for us. The priests put their feet in the Jordan River, and the Jordan River split in two. We needed to do something to honor that fact and to honor the Almighty. We needed a memorial. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 8 tell us, And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that Yahweh spake against Joshua, spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe of man, and command you them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared for the children of Israel, prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of uh, man. Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of Yahweh your God into the midst of Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of Yahweh. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so, as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as Yahweh commanded unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Miracles are important and memorials are important. Why make a, a, a memorial? How can I ever forget? Sadly, our memories are not very good. Days after leaving Egypt, we complained and wanted to return. And even after God provided more and more miracles, we seemed to forget them all. What did we wind up doing with these 12 stones? Verses 19 through 20 record, And the people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and encamped in Gilgal, in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. 
Gilgal was to be a prominent place for Israel. We renewed the covenant there. We kept our first Passover in the promised land at Gilgal. The portable tabernacle, the Mishkan, would be erected there. Samuel the prophet offered sacrifices at Gilgal. It was an important place. Yes, we made a memorial and we put it in a memorable place, in a place that we would see it. This memorial was literally part of the miracle. We carried stones from the middle of the Jordan River to Gilgal. But the scriptures describe another memorial, a very curious memorial. The book of Joshua, chapter 4, verse 9 states, And Joshua set twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood. And, there are, and they are there unto this day. We made two memorials to this great miracle. One memorial was to join us at Gilgal, where the whole nation could see it. The second memorial was in the midst of the Jordan River, at the spot of the miracle, where the priest had held the ark when the water stopped flowing. Was that spot at the edge of the river or in the very center? It is not clear from the text. Did the level of Jordan, the Jordan River ever drop low enough to see that memorial? If not, why did we make it? Who would ever see the second memorial? God would see it. As God leads you in your spiritual warfare, expect miracles. Make memorials to those miracles to remind you and to be a witness to your children about the miracles. And make a memorial for God, even if no one else will see it, to give honor to the one who leads us in battle.